Obviously, Doctor, you've never been a 13-year-old girl. I Welcome back to Hate Fiction. I'm here today with a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, um, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird if I just say my Twitter at. I mean, that's kind of what I everyone like... does, to be honest. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm Daniela. I'm from Mexico City. And uh, I guess everyone knows me <laughs> as been born to die on Twitter. I've been suspended like six times. Like everyone knows yeah. I'm a Mulana fan briefly. And I went to art school. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else can I say. <laughs> that's a good that's a good enough intro. Um well actually it's perfect because I brought you on here today to talk about um Lana and Marina and the Diamonds. Yeah. Um yeah. uh, I know you've talked a lot about being a Marina and the Diamonds fan in her early um, era. Yeah, I'm actually kind of kind of an orphan. If I think really hard about it, I was actually like a diehard Marina fan, and when she started flopping, I shifted completely (laughs) to being a refugee in the Lannistan. So yeah. It's kind of like if she's like, you know, like guys that marry two yeah. times and they love their first wife to death, but like they can't stand her anymore and they have to divorce her. That's kind of like Marina for me. <laughs> Alan is like my second wife. <laughs> so what, um, I mean, obviously there must be a lot of things that contributed to that divorce, so to say, um, but yeah. was it that like got you into Marina in the first place? I think I was like 11 when I first saw her. We had a lot of like cable channels of European, like kind of MTV, but European. It wasn't MTV per se. Yeah. And I saw the Oh No video. And I was really into electropop at the time. And the whole aesthetic of it, I was like really drawn to it. And when I listened to the lyrics, I was like, I mean, I was 11. I, I had never heard anything like that. Maybe just Lily Allen back then. Oh, yeah. But it was really, it was really quite something for me. But like, I just liked a lot of, oh, no, I think, and Hollywood. And that was it. Like, I didn't really, like, pay attention to her mm-hmm. until I started using Tumblr. And she was like riling up for her Electra Heart era. And that was when I was like really, really starting to pay attention to her. But so you didn't go back and listen to the family jewels or did you? Like to the oh, whole yeah, album. I mean, I did. I did, but like I was more into other stuff. Like I was more into mainstream stuff at, at the time. I was really into mm-hmm. Katy Perry and she opened for her, I think in her UK tour I think Marina opened for her yeah and then I was like oh yeah I like this girl I like this girl too then I listened to the family jewels and I really like it but like I wasn't like as obsessed as I will become like in 2012 or 2013 you know yeah so yeah I mean 
Um, what else can I say? <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, I also got into Marina and the Diamonds through Tumblr, obviously, because she was a, like Electra yeah. Heart was a huge thing on Tumblr. And like those, because yeah. she used to like post on Tumblr for a while before, um, before Electra Heart came out. So she sort of made a name yeah. for herself before the album even dropped. And by the time the album dropped, everyone was already, first of all, anticipating it, but also like the lyrics and the aesthetic of it was very much like geared towards Tumblr and the stuff that was popular there. Totally. It was kind of like grassroots, like yeah, strategy, if you think about it, right? Because she was like directly contacting her fans through Tumblr. And she was just like, I, I mean, well, I was going to say the stereotypes, that it's actually the archetypes, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved that. Like, and it was kind of mysterious in a, in a really, I don't know, calculated way that made you think yeah. about like, that she really know, knew what she was doing. Like, Lana was mysterious in other ways, but like Marina, Marilla really was the runner up back then I think yeah no totally I mean I think Lana was more also I think Lana like the way that Lana uh like the way that Born to Die came out and Lana dropped her first album like it was more it was more of like a mainstream thing while as Electra Heart really felt like it was sort of like yeah like as you said like grassroots and very much geared towards the audience that she was already interacting with so it like felt a lot more personal and also I think like the aesthetics of the album like Born to Die and I think that's also something like the reason why Lana endured for so much longer and Born to Die is kind of a more celebrated album now well as Electra Heart is sort of like people look uh look at it in like a like a very like as if it were a very dated thing you know like it's it's like a nostalgic trip for most people it's like listen to Electra Heart I'm not saying it's not it, it isn't a good album it's just like the way that it's been contextualized within that did you read the interviews I sent you? I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, like, Electra Heart was really, like, kind of contemporary art in a way because she was talking about how she loved pop music and she loved pop culture, but she hated it in a way. Like, you sent me the Venus Flytrap video yeah. and she's just whining about Hollywood in that whole song. Yeah. And she had that has always been her thing, I think. Like in the family jewels, you have um that's are you satisfied? She's mm. she's talking about success, Hollywood, she's talking about American, like this this thing she wants so bad, but she doesn't want to want in, I think. Yeah. You know, I think she really has a love-hate relationship with wanting to be famous and successful. No, definitely. And I think I think the one thing about Marina that really stands out is the fact that she's like a very self-aware pop star, you know, where it's like the sort of the, you know, the rise and fall is literally written into the music. So it's like she expected, yeah. you know, she predicted it, she wanted it, she knew it was going to happen. Like there's this one line in Oh No, um, I'm Only After Success. And it's kind of like a very, you know, like self-aware thing for someone to say. Yeah. It's on such an yeah. early record. I think it was kind of a thing back in like UK pop. Like, do you remember Lily Allen? She had a song mm-hmm. that was uh, Everything Just Wonderful. That's kind of like a no in that way. She's yeah. talking about like consumer culture, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of a trend back then, I think. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, uh, the thing about the interviews, I told you, it wasn't a non-secure, but like she's talking with the interviewer. 
And she's like, okay, I love pop music, but I hate pop music. Like, how does pop music sound? Yeah. But for this album, I'm going to make a really pop album. Like, she worked with Dr. Luke. She worked with, I don't know, some EDM guys. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I will never, ever do, like, an album that sounds like this if it was up to me. But I really have to play the part. Like, she was actually doing, like, kind of a Cindy Sherman thing, I think. Because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I can see that. Like yeah, with the like yeah. with the wigs and the blonde hair and like the little heart on her and cheek. And that's why that's why 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 she's like explaining to the interviewer, like that's why I'm using a wig. Like I have to remove everything about myself so I can play this part. And I mean, I only found about that when I was like 17. Mm-hmm. And that really blew my mind. Like she, I mean, that's what I told you that she's like my first wife because she really ruined my life. I, like, <laughs> 40% of the reasons I went to art school was because of her. Because, like, I realized that that was like just contemporary art. That wasn't like music. Like, she was like taking a contemporary art approach to it, you know? No, totally. And I think Sydney Sherman is a really good like comparison for it because obviously like even in, t- in that interview that you sent me, it's like the interviewer is very confused about what it is exactly that she's saying. He's like, so it's like, it's yeah, you know, like Bowie, you're trying to embody something. She's like, no, it's a character. Like I'm not, you know, yeah, it's not yeah, an alter yeah. ego of any way. And it's like, yeah, it very much feels like Cindy Sherman's characters where she just like dresses up as like different yeah. people and creates this narrative around it. That's not really based around the performance as much as it's based around the story that like... Yeah feels that yeah and a vibe yeah like the archetype yeah like yeah um what else Lani is kind of playing was kind of playing a, a role too like in a more nuanced way but I think for Lani really I think felt... we'll talk about it later yeah no definitely but I think I mean, we can talk about it now. It's it's very free-flowing, <laughs> you know. But um, I think with Lana, the difference is that for her, Lana, like Lana Del Rey, is an alter ego, right? She was Lizzie Grant at some point, and that alter ego didn't, yeah. or like, like being herself didn't work out for her. So she adopted the Lana persona to like create through it this like moniker through which she could like define her work in a different way. As well as like, and she stuck with like, she's still sticking with it, you know, like she's still Lana Del Rey. That's like still who somebody she, somebody she is, even though like now in like the recent years, she's kind of like, I think she's struggling with it more and more. Like you can see, like sometimes she'll still have like a Twitter meltdown where she's like, I never had a persona. Like it's always been me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think she really wanted to have a persona. So she will mix like both of her worlds you know, because yeah. I don't know, after the races, that's 100% fiction, right? Yeah. But she wanted you to think that she was that kind of girl. I mean, her demos do like, her demos are, uh, I don't know, they're so crazy. Like, her demos are like, I don't know, 10 different genres. Mm-hmm. Like, she goes from BBM Baby, that's like a puppy love song with like an 80s electric pop beat. So I don't know. <laughs> Playing dangerous, that's like a lynching kind of thing. Yeah. I think she really wanted to to become her music and her themes. And that's why she used the persona. You know, she used to say she was homeless. 
She used yeah. to say <laughs> a lot of crazy <laughs> shit. And that's yeah. why the music press ate her up in the worst way possible at the start. Yeah. But I think... I mean, in that interview I sent you of Lana, like, it's like oh, 2010... And this guy is asking her, why do you love Coney Island? And she's like, because it's so fake. Like, I love how fake it is. And she's kind of talking about America, too, in that way. Like, she's yeah, talking definitely. about Island, uh, a Coke, a like, can of Coke, and, like, the ice cream, blah, blah, blah. And I think she's in love with the fakeness. And, like, Marina hates the fakeness. So... <laughs> they're kind of very similar but very different at the same time no totally but I think I think with Marina it's a little more nuanced it's not that she like hates she hates the fakeness but she also is really drawn to it and it's sort of this like you know like I think it's very interesting because it's kind of like the woke like dilemma like a the flame yeah yeah no it's like it's like that dilemma where she's like you know like you're attracted to what you're supposed to hate like she like desperately wants yeah. to be a good person she like desperately wants to do the right things like the awful song oh wait no never mind because you said you <laughs> hadn't listened to any of her recent songs but she like released this song called a man's world and it's basically like her uh. and like all these like you know diverse people like standing in a hill and like singing about how it's a man's world like i said it's screenshot <laughs> Yeah, the there's a guy in it <laughs> yeah no there's yeah there's a there's a I guess a non-binary person whatever <laughs> in, in a dress like standing on a hill and like yeah they're all like dancing in these like you know uh like very feminine ways and the lyrics to that is are so bad it's like um I actually wrote it down because I thought it was just horrible it goes like this. Marilyn's bungalow, it's number seven, in the pink palace where men made her famous and when men made her legend. Uh, owned, by, owned by a man who killed a thousand gay men. I guess it's <laughs> the campiest hotel in LA then. Like that's like a real, <laughs> it's like real lyrics from the song. And she's like singing all of that while like taking a selfie in like a mirror in the middle of nowhere, like on a hill. Like it's just like, it's just like she, I think Marina is really interesting because she really embodies that sort of like, yeah, that sort of like woke dilemma within within herself where you're, you know, like obviously everyone is attracted to fakeness and like whatever, but like you still desperately need to sort of like the idea is that, you know, like you have, you know, you have all this plastic surgery, you have all these fillers, but you're supposed to be promoting body positivity and whatever else on your Instagram stories. Like it's a very like the dichotomy is always present, uh, but she's really the yeah. only artist who taps into it or like you can, you know visibly see it throughout her discography and like her art i think like she's the biggest like the biggest casualty of the culture wars like <laughs> yeah. years ago 10 years ago if you compared marina and lana you will be like okay who will be a lift art 10 years from now and you will say like yeah obviously lana because she's like she loves playing a victim she like she just wrote like her first album it's like a love letter to her victim complex yeah and marina is really black peeled in electro heart like yeah that album is like so i mean i hate the word dark but it's like it has like a a weird cold rage you know like mm -hmm. it's there's different kinds of rage way. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's like really angry. She was really angry. Like Lana on Born to Die, she has like two love songs, like two positive love songs. Like you can count, but Electra Heart has known. Electra Heart, mm -hmm. the only kind of positive song is like Fear and Loathing. And yeah, like 10 years ago, you will say like, yeah, this, this other girl, Marina, is way more like cynic and like she can see through more things. Like 10 years later, she's like completely lobotomized, you know? It's insane. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like in that video I sent you... Um of Venus is a flytrap like did you see that like I, I guess she's like posing as Marlena uh, Dietrich and she's like wearing this t-shirt that says something like Harvey Weinstein went to jail and you're just like why like why would you do that no one even remembers him anymore <laughs> yeah like cares literally about him. <laughs> dead and gone like why would you film that and I think actually like the reason I sent it to you because I thought it was like the closest to her Electra Heart sort of era of anything that she yeah. Made in the recent years because you can kind of see that you know like uh, like the dresses um there, there's like a bit in in the video where she's kind of dressed like one of the girls from uh beyond the valley of the dolls yeah like on like music show whatever and, the, and i think that's kind of like you know that that's related to her electro heart personas but it's just yeah no, <laughs> that t-shirt killed yeah. me i like saw it and i was like no i can't, I can't do this <laughs> and at the end how she's like watching the hollywood sign burn yeah, she literally lives in LA. Like, I hate her. <laughs> no, but yeah, yes. like you, what you say, it's really dark in a feminine way, or it was, and that's why she never really had as much success as Lana, you know, because I think yeah. she really was like a dog whistle for like neurotic teen girls, mm -hmm. and yeah. gays couldn't like relate that much to her as much as they could relate to Lana. Like, I like that's like my biggest like. A conspiracy theory that Marina never really had as much success as Lana because gays couldn't quite like connect the dots mm. as much as they could like relate to Lana Loray because Lana was more like um, kind of like make believe land sort of thing where you yeah. like I don't know music for people with um, how do you say like uh, uh complex like i don't know like like a victim protagonist. no like main character complex you know uh, that's what born to yeah. die is no that's true yeah no it is like yeah i mean that's the kind of music you listen to when yeah you want to pretend to be the main character in your life and you're like dancing yeah, when your you're 15 <laughs> Yeah, no, it's perfect for that. I mean, even when you're like, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll listen to like Born to Die in the shower or something when I'm feeling really bad, but like the positive side, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, this, you know, this is, you know, whatever, this is making me feel good. But I think, yeah, no, you're right. Marina and the Diamonds is like music explicitly for girls. I can't see anybody else relating yeah. to it because it's just so, it's not like... I watched an interview of hers that she did, I think, with the BBC or, like, some other, like, UK morning uh, channel. And now she's, like, sitting and talking about how, like, yeah, like, the outfits for Electra Heart are very much, like, inspired and influenced by, like, the 60s and the 50s and stuff. And she's, like, a very campy person. And I was just, like, but you're not really. Like, it's not camp exactly, right? Because she's not really, like, because I think with Lana, it's much more camp because she's striving for something. Yeah. And she's misses yeah. a little bit and that's what makes it so like intriguing and fascinating to watch while it's with marina it's like she's too angry to really 
be striving for anything. <laughs> yeah, it was. She was a femsel back then. <laughs> yeah, she really a fake was. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're so right. She really was. Yeah, because it's like all it these songs. Black field femsel. Yeah, like power and control. Mm, like yeah. every girl remembers like listening to that for the first time the monologue in home record like oh my god when you're 14 that <laughs> yeah no i know like close your mind <laughs> no absolutely i mean all of the songs are basically like i can't see anybody listening to like a song like teen idol and being like you know like anybody but a teen girl and being like oh my, or like you know like a grown woman who had like trouble teen years or whatever but i can't imagine like a man listening to like a gay man like nobody nobody okay. can relate to that yeah like i wish i wasn't such a narcissist i wish i didn't really kiss the mirror like I know. <laughs> yeah, I wish I were 16 burning up a Bible. Like, it's such a, it's such a girly feeling to, like, want yeah. to, you know. I think a lot of girls, like, it's either, I mean, I, yeah, I started listening to Marina and the Diamonds when I was really young as well. So in a way, I think her and Lana really influenced my teenage years in the sense that I did a lot of things that I probably Please. shouldn't have. And, like, yeah. Everyone like like, <laughs> like you know like went to places I shouldn't have gone to like you know been with people I shouldn't have been with but I think it's sort of like but I'm like thankful for it because it gave me all these experiences and now I'm not sitting here and being like you know I wish I had done that when I was 16 because I did you know I went ahead and I did all of those things. <laughs> well I mean actually another similarity between the two of them is that they went to boarding schools because they were really bad things. Yeah. And Lana was an alcoholic at age 15. And Marina was sent to Greece to an older school by her dad. Yeah. And, you know, Teen Idol, exactly. Like, Teen Idol, I mean, she's talking about things she, she wish she would have done, you know, in Living Death. She's talking about, like, all those years she missed, like, just by being, like, <laughs> I don't know, a loser? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Lana is like, you know, Lana, the, the one song she talks about, like, her bad thing years is, this is what makes us girls. And, like, she's, like, in a complete, like, hedonistic abandon. And, like, she's, like, uh, I don't know. I hate the word glamorizing it. But, like, she really was. And on the other hand, Marina was, like, oh, I wish I was as bad as that. Yeah. And kind of, like... The Jing and the Jang, but kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's why Marina is a femsel and Lana is like a genuinely you know, troubled person, <laughs> like, like in an artistic and romantic way, because she, you know, she really went through those things and Marina wishes she had. I mean, do you know that Lana song, yeah. uh, Boarding School, like one of the demos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's like, what, what, like, I think one of the lines is literally like smoking crack in the teacher's car or something. Like, like it's I'm very kind of the Priona nation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's such a good line. I just, it's beautiful. Um, what else? Um, I was going to say something. Mm, I forgot. <laughs> it's fine. It will, it will come to you. Um, but I think, like, in a way, um, Marie, like, Lana has also had, had, like, a much smoother transition, like, between her albums. You know, like, you can yeah. see how she went from Born to Die to Ultraviolence, which is my favorite Lana album, personally. Yeah. 
But I think that's I think that's the case for a lot of people. I genuinely think that it's like sort of like a synthesis of a lot of her themes like put into one very raw album. She really graduated with ultraviolence. Yeah, she really did. That's very true. Do you like the um the newer albums? What do you think of them? I love country uh well I love the new one like chemtrails over the country club. I think like the real shift begins with a honeymoon because mm. up until ultraviolence she's talking about like this like dichotomy that has between things about her life and things about her themes and the persona that is Lana Del Rey like she's like still mixing up those things together and with honeymoon she's just talking about herself she's talking about that really bad breakup she had she shifts entirely to talk about her life and that I don't know if that's why people hated that album it was also because it was like the slowest album she had up until that but I really love honeymoon me too like the the main title song is really beautiful and she I mean she matured I mean she matured a lot with that one she's no longer like I don't know faking it and you can really feel it I think my favorite album would be Paradise without the Born to Die songs mm-hmm. because the way I said she also graduated with that one but like in her craft like uh, I mean you've listened to the demos all yeah. her demos of the Born to Die songs are like musically much better like they age better yeah, Born to Die aged terribly, in my opinion. It sounds really corny right now. Interesting. But like, <laughs> but like it, I listened to Burn to Die the other way, like the other day, and I was like, okay, this this sounds kind of terrible right now. It sounds too try hard, but it was like the only way to do it because you listen to it and you can recognize it's her. And if you listen to Paradise, she refines that sound. It's kind of a, like a Phil Spector thing, like of like refining and perfecting one sound. And I think she really does that with Paradise, because if you listen to American uh, Rive, all those songs are like beautifully crafted and composed, and like the chords, blah blah blah. It's really like her maturing musically in that way, or at least her producer doing that for her. <laughs> and that's why I think it's so like such like her best album because it was just her second album and you can I mean she was already making her own genre like no one sounds like her no one will sound like Paradise yeah. Lana era you know yeah like, that's very true it's crazy that an artist makes her own sound in just her second album like it's insane I think what do you think of Tropico, the little um, film that she I've made? I've never seen it. Like, the albino really? guy grosses me out so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's why I've never seen, well, uh, up until, like, some months ago, I had never seen, like, the right video because I oh remember the snippets of the old fat guy, and I was like, this is so gross. I'm never going to watch this. Like, no. <laughs> What do you think of the guy in Born to Die, like the music video? Because personally, I think the model. Yeah, I personally think he's the grossest guy she's ever filmed. 
I'm like repulsed by I like the Kenna. little things and like the tattoos and like all of that. I mean, Lana really has a thing for gross men. Like genuinely, most of them are genuinely. <laughs> I mean, I think it, he looks like the least, the least oily. So I don't think it's that gross. <laughs> I mean, I love ASAP Rocky in National Anthem. I think he's genuinely yeah. the only like good looking guy that appeared in any of the Born to Die or Paradise videos. Because everyone else is... Very questionable. Her videos are always shit, I think. I mean, I hate her videos. I mean, she's really bad. And, like, she she loves her sister. Her sister is a photographer. And, like, she's always, like, giving her work. Like, Chuck is so non-talented. Like, she sucks. I mean. What do you think of the video, video? Like, the one that she made herself? Oh. Um, I will never, like, watch it, like, in its entirely today. I will get bored, but like, it's, I mean, I hate this word too, but it's iconic. I mean, but what else can you, <laughs> I mean, because she used to have all those videos. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but she used to have like all those videos when she was wearing wigs and like doing kind of the same thing she was doing in Born to Die. But like Born to Die is the video where she looks the prettiest. I'm like, yeah, she's not wearing a wig. Yeah, that's very true. Visually, she, um, she's an, a genius. And Marina, I think she has a little more control on that, and like more taste, I think. No, that's not. I think also, like, the videos for um, Electra Hard are very, like, cohesive. Like, they work very well with the idea of the album. Well, as, like, I think the Born to Die videos, and I mean, all of Lana's videos, they kind of, I mean, obviously, they have, like, the theme of, like, you know, like old fashioned Americana and, like, you know, like gross men. That's <laughs> something they have in common. <laughs> I think probably like probably like all the gay guys listening to it are, pro- are probably going to be like, oh no, all the guys are so hot. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can just you know I can see I can see that being a thing. But like, um, I think that like yeah, and also like Marina has a thing for like pretty boys. Like all of the yeah. boys in her video are like just like classically good looking, especially in yeah. Heartbreaker. Like all those like male yeah, models, naked models, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny because I mean that video was catering to gay guys um yeah I know <laughs> true. I kind of I kind of um, feel like Lana visually doesn't care she doesn't care about visuals and Marina she feels it's important like she's way more into I don't know I think I hate about Marina is that she's too she thinks she's an intellectual you know yeah I don't really think so (laughs) like she really thinks she's really smart (laughs) I remember this like there was this one bit in the interview that you sent me um the interviewer is like asking her like don't you think you're overthinking it and she's like that's what everybody says you know like that's such an angst to say like you can see that like being like a john green novel or whatever it's just she like was oh, 25 yeah. <laughs> yeah and she's 25 she old <laughs> well that's another thing like they were talking about their teenage years and they were like 25 26 yeah, it's kind of kind of funny if you think about it, especially Lana because Lana still had like her baby voice. Yeah. She can pull that off. That's really sad. I don't know if you listen to White Dress and she tries to do like that baby voice. She can't pull it off anymore. That was really sad. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in all her demos, like her baby voice, like really, really jumps out. Uh, what about like the demos? I mean, we could talk about Tumblr. Like it was really was like a hot pot for a lot of things. That's I don't know true. if you remember, like most of Lana Del Rey Tumblrs, like fans of Lana that had a Tumblr dedicated to her, also will reblog porn. And like really kind of a specific porn, <laughs> like <laughs> DDLG porn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually that's a really good point actually because I like yeah I remember that I think it's a really good point because I think the the, the people who reblogged Marina and the blogs dedicated to Marina and the Diamonds and Electra Heart and that whole era were very much like just sad girl Tumblr you know it'd be like her and like just of like Effie from Skins and like you know like mm-hmm. black and white photos with like a cigarette and like the Arctic um Arctic Monkeys logo thing yeah, from yeah 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 the album and like yeah and with Lana Grunge. yeah South Grunge exactly and with Lana it was like it was a bit more elevated like there was a lot of sexual stuff going on a lot of it like, was out- very hardy yeah yeah I mean the whole fat thing that's really a big thing in Tumblr right now was like I don't know if it was sparked by Lana but it must have been you know how how do you explain it <laughs> I mean no yeah before her Tingers weren't obsessed about Lolita, you know? Yeah. No, that's actually very true. I do think that she, in a lot of ways, popularized Lolita. And also, like, oh, my God, what was that show called? Um, Pretty Little Liars? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it was, like, this stupid show. And, like, I remember, um, I watched, like, the first season of it. I, like, I hated it. <laughs> but there was this one One bit- girl dates her teacher, right? Yeah, like one girl dates her teacher. It's really stupid, and like the pretty, and we're supposed to believe that the prettiest girl out of the out of all of them was like unpopular and fat at some point. It's like it literally like the plot of a show <laughs> makes no sense. It's like all these girls being stalked by like whatever. I think is is stupid. But like there was one of like one of the characters, like the one who gets murdered or goes missing or whatever. She was like. Um, she like pretend like she there, there there were all these gifs of her like of that character like greeting Lolita, um, in like a terrible, <laughs> awful white wig, white wig. Like it was just like you know one of those like really cheap <laughs> like fake looking ones that you get in like Amazon for like ten dollars. <laughs> I don't remember that. I never saw that, but I knew that there was a bloodline with a girl dates another guy. But yeah, I mean. I always say this as a joke, but I, if you really think about it, Lana could really very much be a CIA psyop, you know? She will, like, make girls really uh, interested in that sort of thing. Like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it, like, soft prostitution. I mean, you remember that show, Baby, right? Like, mm, yeah. That has, like, a lot of, like, Lana collateral damage to it. Mm-hmm. In the way it's, like made and like filmed and like the dialogues a lot of things like that and girls I mean everyone tells you like oh yeah I mean girls have always been into older guys like and like Joseph Hack of Life like I don't think it was really that normal or like or girls weren't that open about it you know I mean maybe you will marry an older guy when you were like in your mid-20s but you wouldn't be like chasing one when you were like 16 right 
No, that's very true. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in a way, that's much more of a gay thing to like be a teenager sleeping with older guys. Like it doesn't seem like, because I don't, yeah, like that's not, it wasn't really a thing before Lon. It wasn't really a thing. And like Lolita, honestly, before Lon, Lolita was not seen in that way. Like it was not seen as this. And I'm saying this is somebody who like, It wasn't you know, even that, that popular amongst them, right? I mean, no, kids didn't know about that fucking book. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, I'm saying this is somebody who like read Lolita when I was like 11, you know, when Word to Die came out and was like, you know, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this book my whole person personality (laughs) so I'm saying it's somebody who you know lived through it and like now obviously like I'm older and like yeah older men like but it's a different dynamic it's a different dynamic to date a 30 year old when you're 24 or like even 21 and it's a completely different dynamic to date like you know a a 25 year old when you're 16 especially not a 40 year old I'm not saying this shouldn't happen like everybody makes their decisions and I think like I really hate the whole like you know like discourse where it's like you know teen girls like it's really like two ends of the spectrum like one of them being like oh we shouldn't you know we shouldn't sexual like uh you know children have a sexuality we shouldn't like you know desexualize them we should like allow them to do whatever like you know sex ed for kids and the other end of the spectrum was like the trad like oh no you know like girls that are like um I think actually that's both spectrums, like where it's like, oh, girls, you know, are incapable of making decisions until they're 26. And so we shouldn't like, you know, um, they shouldn't ever sleep with older men because then they have all this, you know, power over them. Like, I don't, I don't believe in that at all. I think teen girls are obviously stupid. Everyone's stupid when they're like 16, (laughs) but also at the same time capable of making those decisions. Like you're stupid in an, like an inexperienced way, but you're not stupid in a way where you don't understand that you shouldn't follow a stranger home you know like you're not stupid in that way yeah I mean that's what I think I mean you only get molested if you decide you get molested you know yeah (laughs) I mean god knows I was talking with like guys in their late 20s when I was like 17 16 yeah like I will never think of myself as a victim because I'm not (laughs) yeah I mean some girls like to I don't know with the me too thing some girls will like really recontextualize their experiences and maybe they weren't like negative ones you know but since it's really popular and like they tell you that it's the right way to think about all those experiences you will reframe that as abuse or like has been molested when back then you you were not a victim you know you didn't even feel like a victim yeah totally so I don't know I think that's that's her I mean Lana has a lot of that too like she talks about I don't know abusive relationships blah 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 she never sees them as abusive you know yeah she really sees them as intense like really intense relationships where she really knows that the stakes are high for her because she really feels, I mean, that's another thing. She's not sad. I mean, she has never been like a sad girl. I think she just like feels everything too intensely. Yeah. And Marina, on the other hand, was like angry and sad, but like Lana has never been like particularly sad in my opinion. 
she's been melancholic, but yeah, she's never been depressed, you know? Like uh-huh. she, she was a sad girl in like a very romantic, like idealized way where it's like, you know, you indulge in your melancholy and you send, you know, you sit by, by the window and you smoke a cigarette and you think about, you know, the boy that you like that who doesn't like you back or whatever. But with, with Marina, it was always like, yeah, like this very like angry, depressive sort of energy where it's like, you know, you don't, you don't allow yourself to really engage in that romantization of your own experience. So instead you sort of flash out and like project it onto other people. It's like a very different kind of sad and it's a very specific teen way of being sad. And I think Alana's sadness was much more aspirational where, you know, like you would listen to uh, like the songs and born to die. And then later on in ultra violence and you'd be like, you know, I wish I were sad in that kind of way where I had like a real reason for my sadness and I could like indulge in it and live within it. Whereas with Marina, it was much more like, um, it was relatable, you know, like, you know, you're a teen girl, like a boy dumps you and you're like, okay, this is exactly how I feel. You know, <laughs> like this is, this is exactly who you, this is exactly how I'm going to express my emotions. So in that way, it was a lot more, like the emotions expressed were a lot more primitive. Yeah. Yeah. Way more raw in that way. Yeah. Alana has always been more like a 19th century, like melancholy kind of thing, I think. It's journeying yeah. and like, yeah, it's more melancholy than sadness, I think. She's sure. very melodramatic too. Yeah. It's really just not sadness. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I think they really shape the landscape for today, you know. I mean, everyone says like, oh, yeah, like... I don't know, Billie Eilish, uh, Melanie Martinez, um, now this new girl, Olivia Rodrigo. What am I pronouncing like like Americans do? <laughs> <laughs> and who else? Like this new batch of, I mean, learned in a way too. Yeah. It's a new generation of like, I don't know. They're not Britney Spears, you know, they're not happy. They're not happy-go-lucky. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it's like mainstream now. I don't know if that's like the move now. I mean, with Olivia Rodrigo and having like the biggest album of the year and whatever, I do think it's mainstream. And like the thing is also that now it's like deliberately produced in that way, right? So it's like, because I mean, she's like a Disney person, right? Like yeah. she, she's, I think she literally has a contract still. I think she's still like- Yeah, she's Disney still person. under contract. Yeah. So like I- so yeah and like they produced this like angry you know pop punk album where she's like singing about a boy dumping her and like all these things and it's like I mean sure like you know it's like it's relatable I guess I don't know but it's like I guess it's relatable for teen girls but it's like it feels very manufactured while it's I'm not saying Lana and Marina weren't manufactured, but they were manufactured in the same way that Madonna is, you know, manufactured by themselves. Like they did it to themselves. They, they, you know, they, they knew the deal. So they prepared themselves to be sold and, you know, whatever repurposed by the system. While it was with people like Olivia Rodrigo, it just very much feels like this is the algorithm. This this is the formula that works. We're just going to appropriate it and we're going to use it. And we're going to create this like thing this like phenomenon of this girl 
I'm, I'm really going to sound like an old person, but like, if you're like impressed by Olivia Rodrigo's race, you haven't listened to Electra Heart. <laughs> she's not that angry. <laughs> yeah. She's not that angry. She's not that, I don't know. She's 19, I think. But yeah, I mean, of course she's an industry plant. Of course, girls will always need that this sort of like um, spunky and like bratty way of expressing themselves. And they need like an outlet for that. I really been was that kind of thing. Yeah, that's very true. In the middle. Uh-huh. And before her, like, I call it like harpy car, you know, because... Hmm. Uh, Kearney Love and whole that whole thing like it started that way yeah and Marina kind of like softened it up but it was still like very harpy core and now Olivia I don't know I, I just don't really know what's the deal because I, I really think she's an industry plant but like at one point girls are gonna get tired of it I mean <laughs> there's a <laughs> When you're 16 to, well, when you're like 14 to 17, you're really angry. And when you're like 17 to 20, you're really horny. And that's what happens with most like, (laughs) (laughs) with the most teen stars, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone has like, there's Ladiera, Miley Cyrus, like when she came out of Disney, not with like, um, the 2013 like twerking fiasco but like <laughs> uh, can be tamed and things like that ariana grande too she had her yeah. journey here uh who else mm, selena gomez blah 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 all of Britney. them yeah. yeah all of them yeah and that's the thing i think when olivia rodriguez audience will I don't know, three years from now, it will get very horny and she will drop like, kind of like um, Kids Bob Erotica, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of the pop girls have done Erotica again and that really makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, but yeah, like, I, I mean, as I said, I think that Marina and Lana are sort of like the sort of the logical sort of progression of like Madonna's rise to fame. Like as in like they're pop stars. So no, but I think they really That's are giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, no one is I, I I think you tweeted that once that like, you know, something about like female autism and you were like, oh yeah, but no one's ever like female autism is Madonna like running to the hospital yeah. to like get the dying yeah. guy. Yeah, like, I say that. <laughs> <laughs> you did, yeah. And it really is. I mean, no one's ever been that autistically focused on anything in their lives. Yeah. As Madonna was in yeah. the beginning to get her career started. I mean, like the amount of like, you know, I read her a biography of hers recently and I was just like, me too. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> like blown away by the amount of like, you know, like just scheming. Conviction. Yeah. Mm. And conviction. Like that when all of, like you have to believe in yourself so intensely. Blind fading oh. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. And like, obviously I think, I mean, 
not to sound like a feminist, but Madonna really paved the way for like, all <laughs> these other pop stars that came after her. But she really did, like, you know, like Lana or like even Courtney Love could have never existed if Madonna hadn't existed. I'm sure like she'd hate it for anybody to say that. But like in a sense that like she like female ambition and you know blonde ambition like it really mm-hmm. like it didn't like it didn't exist in that way before madonna isn't like sure i mean you had people like marilyn monroe who obviously manufactured themselves as well but like you never had that in this like overt like visible um way as you did with madonna where it's like you can feel like the you know the ambition like literally like coming off her yeah, well, you know, I, I think I'm going to talk a lot about myself right now. Like my undergrad thesis was about pop music made by women. And that was like my whole thing. Like in my undergrad thesis, I talk about how pop didn't really exist as a genre before Madonna. Because if you think about a pop star, you think about a woman. You think about yeah. a woman, a hot woman, a woman that sings upbeat songs and there was really no one like her I mean Cher was there but Cher was like more like like a novelty singer yeah and there was Michael Jackson but he was like I don't know a weird thing extrato you know (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't a pop girl a man question mark (laughs) yeah (laughs) and Madonna really like became this aspirational icon for women, you know, tingers, like tingers didn't really have that figure. They had men they looked up to. I mean, they have like, I don't know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Maybe in the 60s, they had like girl groups, like uh, the Renettes, uh, the Supremes, Diana Ross, um, uh, the girl that sings uh, It's My Party, I can't remember her name. Yeah. But they didn't really, like, became superstars. There wasn't really, like, a female musician superstar before Madonna. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think I think Lana really... It's kind of sad to say it, but, like... Like I told you, like back then, Marina really seemed like the runner-up. She was way more smart or seemed more smart. And she was like, lyrically, maybe more like she had the edge, you know? Yeah, she definitely Lana. had the edge. Like Lana's early songs are very much like, I mean, they have like, you know, literary ambition, I guess. But like, they don't have, they don't have the anger that Madonna mm. songs have right and marina embodied that in like a very yeah very overt way yeah and then again lana really ended up shaping the 2010s and not marina but it was because lana really was like an alien thing like really out of this world for the landscape of pop music and she do you think she's like fading out i don't know I think she's just, she really wants a baby so bad. Like, she's really fucking Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think think she has done her work. I think, I think she's still going to make albums. I don't, but I don't think she's going to be this, you know, 
artist the way that she's still seen as today. As in like, I mean, she's always going to be, you know, the greatest like American female artist of the 2010s. Like no one can take that away from her, but exactly. it's like, exactly like she'll always be that. And she'll always be one of the best, you know, songwriters and musicians that exist today. But it's like, I don't think, I think this like, especially with like um, chemtrails over the country club and like the promotional stuff that she's done for it. It's very much, she's like going, I mean, she's still Lana, but she's going away from the persona that Lana embodied. So it's much more of like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a person like, just like you, right? It's like those paparazzi photos of her, like coming out of the gas station with like, you know, (laughs) whatever, whatever else. It's just like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to fat shame her (laughs) on this episode. She's still pretty. I will. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, I mean, no one can deny that she's, um, I'm joking, (laughs) but but she's still, I mean, she's still beautiful. Like no one can take that away from her. She makes it work. It's like, just because you're fat doesn't mean you're ugly, but it's like, I just think that like, it's just, she's very tired of embodying this persona. And I think embodying a persona online is hard and is easy at the same time, but it's hard and easy in a way that's never been a thing before. Like it's easier, you know, it's easier because you can tweet and you can, you know, craft your posts the way that it was, I guess, actually, never mind. It's just, it's just harder to have a persona online, I think. Well, she has never been like that much online, but I really get what you're saying. Like when I, when I, when I tell you that with Honeymoon, she was like, just like, distancing herself a little from her persona I think that really like that process ended with last for life do you remember um um get free that get free that song mm-hmm. it's kind of so. fear it's kind of her version of fear and loathing in a way and she's really like graduating for from her persona back then and it was like really interesting to hear her sing about it like she's especially like if you compare it to cats and monsters but it's like really bleak and raw and like mm-hmm. she's talking about how she she wants fame and like she wants to have like this uh i don't know like hedonistic like way of life and in get free she's like well yeah i'm out of the blue i'm and i i'm really like purified in this way that i've never really felt before And I think for me, that was like the point where she was like, yeah, I'm done with like being Lana Del Rey, like, or like she used to call herself like gangster Nancy Sinatra. So cringe. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, she's getting older and she's maturing in a way that Marina will never mature at this point, I think. No, definitely. Because I think Lana is maturing in a way that seems very like you know, modern, modernist and classic where it's like, you know, as you age, you logically progress in your ideas and your influences and your aspirations and aesthetics and stuff. And that's what's happening to Lana. She's just maturing as an artist while while as with Marina. It's like, she, you know, it's like, you know, she went to therapy, she dropped the diamonds. She started making (laughs) awful songs. Like that's ultimately what happened to her, right? Like she just got brainwashed and like, she suddenly thought, you know, she, I, you know, I, I was so obsessed with Hollywood. I was so obsessed with America. And now I have to feel guilty about it because actually, you know, it's a man's world and everything sucks. Like that kind of like very like whatever woke idea. I think, 
uh, it's going to sound really stupid, but like she started working out, like she got like really, really caught. Like something <laughs> happened to her. I mean, I swear, <laughs> something happened to her. <laughs> and I can feel it too. Like whenever I focus really hard on like working out, I don't have good ideas at all. Like it really drains you in that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, I paint and I haven't had like a good idea in six months. And whenever I whenever I get sick and I can't work out, I suddenly have great ideas. It's really weird. Interesting. And also she got a boyfriend. She got a boyfriend and she's really happy with him. So, yeah, I mean, I hate that people think that artists only make good art when they're sad or miserable. But for Marina, it's really true. Like, she got happy and she she started fading out. Like, there's that that edge is not really there anymore, I think. But I think she got happy in, like, a way that people want you to be happy now, right? Like, where it's, like, you know, you're stable and you're healthy and you're working on yourself. Like, you go to therapy, and, you know, <laughs> you you read those, like, you know, self-improvement books and, you know, you exercise and you eat well and, you know, you you do whatever. Like, she got happy in a very classical way. Well, I think in a classical way is in, like, in a way that's, like, encouraged now. Like, people, you know, all those books and all those blogs and all those Instagram posts want you to be happy in that way. Well, as Lana, she's matured and she's grown and gotten happier. She's clearly gotten happier over like these 10 years, but she gotten happier in a way that's like feels old fashioned now where it's like, you know, she's gained weight. She started dating cops. Like she, you know, so like returning back to her roots and stuff, hanging out with her friends. Like she got happier in a very like 20th century way. Whereas Marina got, you know, healthy. In a very neoliberal way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got healthy in a very neoliberal way. <laughs> Ultimately, and that's that's what happened to her. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean she became a neoliberal. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She really bought. I mean, hearing that stupid song like it's a man's world. I was just taking it back. Like I was just watching it. And I was like, this sucks. Like this is so bad. And it's not bad musically. It's just like lyrically and aesthetically and like. It's just so empty and like devoid of art. <laughs> and completely out of herself, I think. There's not a trace of her in all that, I think. Maybe yeah. she has like a video of her saying the N-word somewhere and that's why she thinks she has to be really woke. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. maybe we'll She's doing like damage control. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll find out at some point. But I think in a way... <laughs> It's interesting that you say that because when I was listening to some songs on like Family Jewels and also like the EP that she did, like that she like uploaded on MySpace and stuff, like you listen to some of those songs and you can kind of see where, like why she ended up, why, like where she is now. You know, like I um, got the song called, I wrote it down. Um, In a way, I think Obsessions kind of predicts that. Because when I first listened to Obsessions, and I used to listen to it a lot when I was younger, but like when I listen to Obsessions now, like 10 years later or whatever, and I was listening to it and I was like, oh, this is like such an Electra Heart song, you know, like she's talking about like all these emotions and stuff. And then I listened to it like 20 minutes before we start recording. And I was like, actually, you know what? Like it's a very modern um, Marina song because ultimately Obsessions is a song about OCD and not in like and not in that like Tumblr I'm obsessed with my mental disorder kind of way but in a very like neoliberal I'm getting healthy way I don't know if I'm making any sense 
Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't know. She's she's too self-aware. And maybe that's why it comes off that way. Maybe, yeah. I really, like, I, I asked you at the start if you remember Miss Why. Like, I, when I heard Venus Flytrap, I was like, Venus Why is... Like Miss Y is like much better than this, and it's talking about the same thing, and it's yeah. way much more raw. And like it had like the I don't know the frustration when she wasn't that famous, and like she's kind of faking it with Venus Flytrap because I mean she isn't like a great like album seller, but she's famous, and like in a way she has she has had everything she wanted. Yeah, and back then, both of them didn't really like had what they wanted from life. Especially Marina, because I think Marina. The thing with Marina is that she really believed in her talent, and Lana has always been more shy about it. I mean, Lana doesn't sing like Marina. Marina has like such a great voice. Yeah, and Marina and Lana really has has had to grind her way up. Like she was really shy. I don't know if you've seen like the Lizzie Grant era videos. Mm. She was like really shy and like I don't know. She has become way more com. Oh, I don't know, more comfortable in her artistic skin. And Marina, I don't really know what's going on in her mind. I think she, I think she is trying to do the right thing, just like you say. But maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really think she feels like herself anymore in a healthy way, though. Yeah. But that's still not her, I guess. No, but I mean, it's so, it's going to sound, I guess it's going to sound really bad, but it's like you look at some of the, like, the videos that she does now and you like look into her eyes and they just seem empty, you know, like there's nothing there. <laughs> like you look, you look at like, you know, very like, you know, dark songs of like Electra Heart and like those videos like Radioactive and whatever. And she seems like, you know, like a miserable person, but she seems alive. And now you look at those videos and, and like you look into her eyes and you're like, it's just dead, you know, there's nothing there. Well, as Lana has progressively got like more human and in like more embodied as she went on. I don't mean this like as like, you know, again, I'm not fat shaming her, but like she's just gotten progressively, <laughs> progressively more like, you know, herself. Like she's gotten more and more comfortable in front of the camera, more and more comfortable, you know, singing and performing and stuff. And she's grown while Marina has just deteriorated because she like, I mean, ultimately the difference is that Lana is a Republican and Marina is like, Marina is British. <laughs> a lifter, yeah. Yeah. And and she's Welsh. It's, oh, yeah, she's Welsh and awful. Just awful stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't really noticed nothing about her eyes, but she, she clearly, like, uh, she settled down in her head, I think. I don't know why, because yeah. she never really had the success she wanted. And maybe that's that's why. Maybe she made peace with the fact that she will never be as successful as her younger self wanted to be. But and I think, maybe that's Wait, sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, yeah. I just no. I just think that also it's weird because 
it's like Marina was never really willing to compromise, right? Because you, even in the in the interview, maybe it's not in that interview, but anyway, I was like watching an interview of hers and like, she's talking about how, you know, she didn't really want to work with like Dr. Luke and stuff. And she didn't want to work with those like successful producers and stuff because she want, because she thought she was going to get screwed over by the system. And in a way, I think she ultimately her downfall in a way was the fact that she never really made peace with the fact that she was going to have to compromise to like, be successful well as lana very much like was okay with it right she was just like yeah whatever yeah Yeah. i'm gonna well i think i can send it to you at the very end i I used to i made a no never mind (laughs) it's a drawing but like i think you can use it for like the diploma i'm sorry if i'm like really fucking up with the flow oh no it will be really useful i just send it to you of course. Thank you. Um, uh, Actually, I was going to ask you a question about like the notes that you sent to me. Because yeah. in there you talk about how like both of them are sort of like, you talk a lot about the idea of like simulacrum and how both of them embodied it. Yeah. I mean, for the people that are listening, we have been talking about an interview where uh a music press guy is asking marina why all of a sudden she's blonde and she's she's dressing like a step for wife and <laughs> why why she's like embodying this thing that's really different from her the family jewels thing and she starts talking about pop culture pop culture and she's like well yeah i love pop culture the thing about it is that it's really fake and like pop music in specific it's about making people think you're way more interesting than you are and pop stars are just that just people like selling themselves as way more interesting or like hot than what they really are and I hate that that's what that's what she said like I hate this thing about pop culture even when I love pop culture so much so I'm going to become it like I'm going to become that cliche I'm going to become that like blonde pop star like that's why it's imperative I use a wig because everything about myself has to be alienated from myself so I can embody this thing I don't want to become but I have to become so I can make this point yeah and yeah I mean she's kind of like she's kind of like LARPing as Madonna and Britney at the same time with like yeah her electro hard <laughs> stunt <laughs> And on the other hand, there's there's this other interview where an interviewer asks Lana, why do you love Connie Allen? And she says, oh, I love like chip trails and I love the lights and I love to like just go to the to grab a Coke and like have a drink of my Coke while I see like the people and the balloons and like the corny like paintings in the in the amusement park. And she's talking about kind of the same thing about uh that's kind of the same thing marina is talking about but she loves it like she doesn't want to expose it she doesn't want to like say oh this is bad like marina is really judgmental in that way yeah <laughs> she really has like a moral ground way too high but lana is like yeah i love this and since i love this i want to become this they right. they were like 
the simulacra they're making is very much like America. They're making like, like a simulacrum of America through Marina through Electra Hart and her archetypes online throughout her whole career. Her, uh, her whole career. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's interesting, right, as well, because Lana is an American and Marina is Welsh. And yeah. <laughs> she, she sort of like, she sort of like, you know, admired America from a side. She admired America as like an exactly. immigrant. It's like, it's like everybody does. I mean, you know, we're both not American. And obviously we're yeah. talking about Lana and Marina and like those albums that they made and stuff. So obviously we're talking about American culture at the end of the day. Yes. And it's like everyone, you know, American culture is global culture. Everyone's obsessed with it. Like, you know, Hollywood movies are, you know are movies that everybody watches. It's not just American culture. It's it's for everyone. It's up yeah, for it's grabs. It's a contemporary and, canon, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like, I think... I think in a way it's interesting to look at both of those albums and the way that Marina criticizes this and the way that Lana praises it is like the way that I think... Because Marina obviously has a complex about not being American. Like, it's very evident. I think. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> sounds like Hollywood and stuff where she's like singing about like, you know, how she's like, there's this one line that really stood out to me. It's like uh, something like I touched down in LA and like, you know, like the security person asks me like, uh, oh my God, you look just uh, like tells me, oh my God, you look just like Shakira. No, you're Catherine Zeta. No, actually I'm Marina. Like that, like those like three lines really stood out to me. Like, it's like, I get it. Like, I have a huge complex about not being American. I'm always like, especially because <laughs> of my accent and everyone's like always confused by it. And I always have like this need to like, you know, be like, no, actually, you know, like I'd love to have a green card. Like I'd love to be American. Like, just, <laughs> you know, so it's like, so it's like, um, I think, yeah, I think those albums are interesting in that way as well, where it's like, you know, I think Marina, for like a big part of it is just her criticizing the, criticizing it because she can't have it exactly like she's like oh yeah like there's a cringe but like i mm, mm, i really like this too (laughs) it's like that european complex where it's like you want to be american but like you know because you're european you like have to feel superior about everything that you do and i think that's really like about young people like young european people because i don't know i think old european people don't feel that way that much because they really yeah. have a pride of being european and like they really like can give the side eye to americans in a way that young european people can't totally i mean she loves she loves britney spears she yeah. like she went to see her. She canceled one date of her tour to <laughs> to go to the meeting grid with Britney Spears. Oh my god, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah. When she went to Coachella, she had like a second date, and she was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Britney's in Vegas. Okay, I'm this the second date is canceled. I'm going to see Britney." Oh my god! And she has like <laughs> a photo with Britney and all. Like she really talks about it, like in the interviews about Electra Heart, like the song Bubblegum Bitch. It's about Britney Spears. Like mm. she really admires her, and it makes a lot of sense. Like how old was she? I mean, she was like ten when, maybe thirteen when Britney Spears was debuting. So it really makes sense why she has like this. Saudi American complex to her. Alana, I mean, have you seen Outsiders? No, The Outcasts. There's like this film with Marilyn Monroe. One of her last films, I think. 
and it has Clark Gable in it too. And she's like a divorcee. She's really naive. And like she hangs out with this cow, like, like a gang of cowboys. And like there's a scene where she's playing ping pong and like her ass is moving and she's <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> she's in a bar and she's like playing ping pong. Yeah. And a cowboy slaps her ass. And like she she really like she really becomes like really unsettled and like surprised because she's so naive. And I think Lana has a lot of that in a way like there's like this canon in like American fiction that's about how America is like wild and childish in a way yeah that that film really talks about it and Lana really really loves that Lana really embodies that or used to at least like at the start of her career like right you know like the poem she opens with yeah talks about it definitely and I mean yeah like when you said that thing where it's like you know like (laughs) Marilyn Monroe and like you know her like shaking her ass like the first thing I thought of was like the moment from Ride where she's like leaning over the like the the little game play yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know the guy is supposedly like either like you know touching her or like fucking her or whatever he's doing yeah so gross yeah (laughs) and I'm sure that all the gay people listening to it are gonna be like oh the guys are so hot but it's just like (laughs) (laughs) but it's just yeah no um but yeah and it's like that that's that's like a very memorable image and and you know I mean you've never seen Tropico but like in it as well there's a lot of imagery of her you know being like a a stripper and like older men like you know like throwing money at her and whatever and that kind of thing like it's just a very yeah I think it's a very it's a very American image. I mean, ultimately, like Lana embodies the Americana while as Marina inspires to it, right? Like Marina yes. wants to be it, but as a European, yeah. as a Welsh person of all things, like she feels she has mm-hmm. a huge complex about it. And like she, you know, she mocks it, but she, I mean, to make a whole album about something, you have to really love that thing. It's like, you know, there was a viral post. Okay a while back that's like when you make a meme about someone there's love in it so it's like you know when you make fun <laughs> of something or when you criticize something uh, you know there's love in it like you have to love something to pay enough attention to it and to like you know spend all this energy on it to and make a piece of art about it like you never like it's like you know when artists make like pieces about like terrorism and like violence and stuff and you can just see that they're complete yeah. freaks and perverts and like they get turned on by it but they just have to pretend that they're criticizing it because it's like the only accepted <laughs> way of doing it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I haven't really thought about it. Like the Jordan Wolf, something like real mm-hmm. violent. Yeah. yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I'm such a nice Jewish boy. I just like, <laughs> I just like to be a shaggy. But like that guy really has like really weird fetishes. I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think I think I had like a Twitter about it once for uh, talking about like yeah, Jordan Wolfson and being like, yeah, no, I mean he is. I mean, he's hot. So he's hot. Really <laughs> hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very hot. And also total pervert, for sure. I mean, all artists are perverts. You have to be. You can't not be a pervert and be an artist. You have to an extent. Like, you, I think because so much of the... I think of so much of art in general is so, like, sexual. Even if you're not directly talking about sex and whatever else. Like, just the energy that it embodies is yes. very... 
sexual by definition because it's like you were like you know making something that's like a, that's like a very like primitive yeah thing. it's an output it's an yeah. output i mean if you're not fucking someone you're like doing a work of art for yeah. most artists yeah totally yeah and it's like a lot of you know like a lot of people step back from having you know having uh, having sex to focus on art like those yeah. two go hand in hand so it's like yeah it's like marina has like a fetish for americana but like you know it's like, yeah. a very, it's like a very guilty shame in herself <laughs> yes yeah no totally yeah the whole like, her album is just her kinking shaming herself and being like yeah no i can't you know and speaking about king shaming like she really i don't know i think i mean obviously lana likes to i mean you can tell what lana is into just by listening to her yeah and I think that Marina, if like someone tries to do what Lana enjoys with her, she will be like, no, like, <laughs> stop. Like in a really careless way, you know, like not yeah. because she doesn't want it, but because she thinks she really should enjoy it. Totally. No, you're so right. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're gonna hate me saying this, but like, it like her heart in a lot of ways. It's like a very girl boss album in a sense that it's like you know you have songs like you know Heartbreaker and Homewrecker and stuff, and it's like very like not girl boss in like you know a work way, but like in in a way where it's like you're supposed to be the ultimate femme fatale, like you're supposed to be like, you know fucking guys and doing all these things and not thinking about it. You know, it's like oh, it's just sex. It's like whatever. Like I'm I'm a cool girl. I don't care. That that kind of way and it's like you can just like see a person like that being repulsed by anything sexual at all yeah it's really saying like my my eyeliner close guys you know yeah <laughs> that fucking twitter era yeah <laughs> like cherry emoji twitter era Kerbos. but yeah um i think she she wouldn't be able to have like the reckless sexual abandon that Lana probably has, you know, yeah. like Anna Isnin, like that sort of thing. You can never yeah. see like um, Marina pulling that off. That's one thing I like about Maggie Dunlap because she she's kind of Lana, kind of like Lana in that sort of way. She really like taps into that, like I wouldn't call it darkness, but like those things that are really raw and primal about men and women and their relationships. Yeah. Lana talks about it. Then like for Marina, it's always like power and control, you know, it's like, okay, if I, if I'm not going to have control, then you will want to have it. And I don't want that. Like I want to be in control. Like Mm. she wants to be in control because she's terrified of like enjoying not being in control. I think. No, you're very right. I mean, you're right about Maggie Dunlap as well, because I think her art is very, it's very, yeah, it's very submissive. It's like submissive art, which kind of seems like, you know, a contradiction in of itself, but it's like by making this art, she's like submitting herself to the audience as long as much as she is submitting herself to the men in like her photos and her, you know, whatever, whatever, like videos and whatever else she does. It's like, and I think, yeah, and Marina is ultimately, like, she's too neurotic to submit herself. She's too self-aware to embody the feminine ideal, right? So it's like, in a way, I think that's why, you know, a lot of people could say that, you know, like, Lana, like, embodies the raw emotion of, you know, like, women and men and, like, all those dynamics. But I think 
Ilan is much more like Marina is much more primal in that way because now exactly yeah like with all this I don't want to say propaganda because it's such a corny word but like you know all of this like brainwashing and stuff that we're all submitted to where it's like you're constantly supposed to be you know you're constantly like as a girl you're constantly you're no longer taught that you can't do certain things you're told that you know no you know you can't do certain things but you should be able to because and you should defeat the patriarchy and you should be a girl boss and you should do all these things and it's like you grew up thinking that so Marina's version of romance and love is really the thing that is more primal for that kind of person because you know you grew up as a girl thinking that you should be a cool girl you should be you know you should be you should be you should be the one in control because fuck men and you know you should be you should be the one enjoying the experience so it's like you are constant but the real world also doesn't work like that and men do want you to submit and whatever else it's like you're constantly dealing with that dichotomy of like trying to, you know, satisfy those desires and like the desires of everyone, the, you know, the, the societal desires and, you know, like the desires of the man that you're sleeping with. Yeah. I mean, like what you said about Maggie Dunlap, that it, she makes really submissive art, like she's submitting to violence. And like Lana is submitting to the violence of her emotions. Like Lana is completely submitted to the emotional intensity she tends to feel. And Marina is submitting to herself, like to her neurosism, to her self, self-consciousness, I think. Totally. In a way. But I don't know. I think. I think that's why Lana is a much better artist at the end of the day. She's way more honest with herself in a way that Marina has not achieved yet or not in a way that doesn't make her look like cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Electra yeah. Heart is really about being like cool and smart and like I'm angry and I know what men want and I'm not going to play their game Yeah, it's because cool I'm really smart. Totally. It's a sad, cool girl record, right? It's like the record that you relate to when you're, yeah, like 13 and you want to be, <laughs> you know, and you want to be electro hard. You want to be, you want to be the one in control. You want to be the one who, you know, you want to be the prima donna, right? Like who everybody submits yeah. to. Like, and then you grow up and you realize that that's not really how it works. And like, in order to be able to have meaningful relationships with men, like you have to, you have to submit and you have to give in and you can't be. You have to be a little pathetic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. You're very right. Like you have to be pathetic. You have to be the pathetic woman in need. Like that's just how relationships work. And you can't, like, unless, you know, unless you're a lesbian, like if you're going to sleep with men, that's, that's the dynamic you have to submit to. Yeah, and Alana has never been afraid of being pathetic or like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she really doesn't take herself that seriously. She loves being, I, I wouldn't say she loves being pathetic, but she loves, she loves coming to the point where she completely like surrenders herself to love. Yeah. And well, Marina has never talked about that in her songs. And yeah. That's... That's the main difference. I don't know what's her deal. I, oh, yeah, I, I was going to say that, that the main difference between them is that Lana has mommy issues and Marina has daddy issues. 
that's like, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's you're so right. That's very true. And people, you know, people get it wrong all the time. They always say exactly. Alana, you know, so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's very. She does not have dad. No girl who has daddy issues are is so because Lana ultimately, you know, ultimately Lana has a very like healthy heterosexual dynamic with men where she knows what she has to do in order to be desirable and have like healthy erotic relationships well marina genuinely doesn't she doesn't she doesn't get it (laughs) yeah her boyfriend is a soy boy like yeah oh my god yeah you're so right wow and like in her last in her latest song like lana is talking about how her how her dad wouldn't like never intervene when her mom would like yell at her and like rage at her and like you could like sense that from her poem book like LA who am I to love you do you remember that poem mm-hmm. she's pretty much talking about how she doesn't have a mother and like she has never felt like that kind of maternal love that makes a lot of sense in the way that yeah a girl with daddy issues will never like submit herself to the idea of loving a man as much as Lana does. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. No, I mean, also like any interview or like, you know, any sort of documentary video that you watch about Lana, it never mentions her mom, literally genuinely never. It's always about her dad. Like her dad was like <laughs> successful and he helped her and whatever else. Yeah, and it's he like, her. yeah. Because he was like an upper, yeah. he, I mean, she grew up like upper class and he was like, he like sold like internet domains and whatever. He had like internet, he had like an internet business in like the very beginning. And like, yeah, and he like helped her start her career and her mom is never mentioned. And right, you're so, you're so right. <laughs> he has mummy issues. That's her deal. And that's why she loves men. Yeah. And that's why she, you know, and that's why it's so unbelievable when she talks about her girlfriends. Like, you just don't buy it. Like, a woman like that can't really have friends. Oh, you think so? Well, yeah. I mean, I, mean, think- I love my dad. My dad's my best friend. and Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. Like, sometimes people think that girls with daddy issues go with men to find like the security they never had but, like if you love your dad and if you have a good relationship with your dad you know that men will solve a lot of issues for you like you can just delegate all the responsibilities to a man because that's what your dad did to you you know like totally <laughs> no, I mean I have awful daddy issues so like I in that way like that's why I was always like you know because yeah people talk about it as in like you know like girls who go with older men they have such daddy issues and you know they like you know they they're you know they're looking for a father figure and I never related to that I was always like like that doesn't make any sense to me you know why would I want to be sub- <laughs> why would I, why would I want to submit to a man when a man ha- when a man has never taken care of me and like exactly. yeah you <laughs> Clarified a lot of things for me. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I actually think we should have talked about Madonna instead. <laughs> I we, really I, love Madonna too. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we should definitely do an episode of Madonna. I think. I mean, I'm a huge Madonna fan. I love her. What's What's your favorite album? I mean, it's a cliche, but obviously, Erotica. Same. I mean, I mean, it's not that cliche. I mean, people like you know, people. A lot of people hate that album. I mean, but who, like Madonna fans? Madonna fans, I don't think, I mean, Madonna fans will say they love bedtime stories, which is totally fake to me, but like, yeah. okay. But with Erotica, she was like kind of doing like kind of an Electra Heart kind of thing, you know? 
Yeah. She was doing like a concept album to kind of contemporary art in a way to use that. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with Madonna. She has main character syndrome. Like she really wanted to make <laughs> porn. <laughs> the world wasn't that ready. <laughs> I mean, with like the sex book, it's really interesting because with the sex book, she kind of, you know, she kind of goes into that territory, but not quite yet. Because as you said, like the world wasn't quite ready for it. But if the world, you know, if she had made erotica in 2021, if she had made the sex book in 2021, you can, I mean, you just know it would have just been porn, right? Like she was yeah. so good. <laughs> and she has mommy issues too, like. Mm. her mom died and blah 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 and like she loves Lourdes because she's being her mom to her little self it's really weird like she's yeah. really weird in that way I think actually I think this is okay this is the this is my theory for like the overarching theme of this episode like girl bosses all girl bosses have mommy issues like mommy but yeah, yeah. Um, because oh. I think because I think if you have daddy issues, right? Um, you're like, actually, no. Yeah, no, it's the opposite, right? It's the opposite. Yeah, totally. I think that's why, Mad- yeah, I think that's why Madonna was still able to have fulfilling relationships with men despite being so successful. You're right. Yeah, yeah being a girl is just pretty much patricide, you know? You want to kill the father, you want to become him, you mm-hmm. want to like outdo the father and having mommy issues is more about like not being so sure what you should be as a I don't know as a woman maybe not not being able to relate that much to I don't know maybe overcompensating too you know because Lana is very feminine and like with girls who have mommy issues her moms are really harpies you know they're they're kind of like stern women and like strict women and they're no sweet I mean a girl with mommy issues she wouldn't have a sweet kind mom you know yeah so like yeah and I, mean, I think Lan is overcompensating it. like Lan is really sweet and really maternal with her fans you have seen the pictures and the videos right yeah she's this kind of a mom and it's really obvious in that way she's overcompensating for that Totally. I mean, the person who comes to mind when I think about mommy issues is Paris Hilton, obviously, because she's like the <laughs> ultimate, like, you know, like the way she treats her fans, the way she's, you know, the way she's never had kids, the way she's with like all of her, like, she's like, what, like 20 pets, like she's like 20 dogs, like the way she's like, you know, like, You're the way so yeah, it's just like, it's like, yeah, and like her mom, it's just, it's this like horrible, you know, harsh, like harpy like person who like just controlled every aspect of her life for a really long time. And it's like, yeah, girls with mommy issues overcompensate by being very maternal and submissive and like girly. And ultimately, like Lana's aesthetic is very similar. I mean, obviously, like it came later, right? And came the 2010s. And, but in Paris Hilton's aesthetic stems from the early 2000s. She pretty much shaped that period. But it's like, it's very much like girly and feminine and, you know, like pink and dresses and. You yeah, know. bimbo core. Yeah, totally. Bimbo core, right? <laughs> hey, you didn't know that Paris' mom had a terrible mom, too. <laughs> really? You know that? No. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the Real Housewives, like people, mm-hmm. like one of her is her aunt. Like 
and they had a terrible mom and that mom she was an alcoholic and she forced them both Katie Hilton and I don't know the name of the other two that that are on the Real Housewives. Paris's grandma forced them to marry rich men because she wanted to be rich and she was an alcoholic and like I think Paris's aunt was a child actor and she will drive herself to her to the sets because her mom was blackout drunk. So uh, it's like really generational. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, Paris's grandma was terrible. So it makes sense why her mom is like really bad to her too. Wow. Interesting. I mean, I wonder, <laughs> how, I mean, I wonder, um, you know, like Paris's sister, Nikki, like I wonder if she's a good mom because she seems like a very harsh person as well. <laughs> I think she, she seems more like, I don't know, less fun than Paris, but in a, in a mature way. I think she's way more mature than Paris. But yeah, I have never really thought about how Paris is compensating with her pets. You're very right. <laughs> oh, she's very much, she very much treats her fans like, like, children right because she's like oh I have to be there for my fans like you know I can't I can't stop working because my fans are gonna you know worry and stuff like it's a very maternal thing to do to like you know give up your own needs and desires and you know like just all of those things for people who you know don't really care about you that much at the end of the day I mean obviously her fans care about her but like not in a personal way yeah, I mean, I mean, she wants to be that mom figure, but she doesn't really care about them either. Like, I'm thinking, like, did you know that she has? She was like kind of frenemies with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah. Lindsay Lohan was like six years younger than her, and like a lot of people used to say that she really looked up to Paris, and that Paris like got sick of her, that she was like sticking to her like a sick puppy and like that makes a lot of sense now <laughs> she didn't yeah. want to be like a mom figure to say <laughs> yeah but I think as prayers grew right and it's the same with mom it's the same with Lana as well it's like you know if you have mom if you have mommy issues and you know as you grow and stuff and you actually you know start to feel those maternal desires when you want to have kids like I think it's a very like it's a breaking point for a lot of people where it's like you have to make a decision whether or not you're you know like if you actually want to have kids of your own or if you want to continue treating your fans as your kids. And I think that's kind of what Lana is going through right now as well, where it's like, you know, the way that she lashes out and like anyone who criticizes her, which I'm not saying she shouldn't do because people are genuinely like, some of the criticism that she receives is genuinely like, like just dumb and stupid. And like anyone who can read shouldn't (laughs) shouldn't be saying that. But it's like, but it's like, it makes sense that she, you know, she's lashing out because at the end of the day, she's like reaching that age where she should be having kids. Like she should be doing all of those things. And I think. Exactly. And I think that like, I mean, you can see that with Madonna as well. I think in a way erotica was a blessing for Madonna because, you know, having the album flop and stuff, like it allowed her to like focus on other things for once. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I think Lana has made that decision. It's just that she hasn't been able to like have kids. I mean, I think yeah. the moment she gets pregnant, she dips out. She will retire. It's just like Britney Spears too. Like she yeah. really wanted to have kids and dip out too. Totally. That didn't happen. <laughs> if 
if that happens with Lana, she's 100% going to retire. And I think she deserves it. Like, I will hate to, like, take care of, like, <laughs> faggots, like, <laughs> broads, you know? Yeah. I mean, everyone looks up to her like a mom figure. Me included, yeah. I guess. Well, not a mom figure, but, like, kind of an older sister. I mean, I'm an yeah. only child. So, she... That's the thing. I mean, it's kind of pathetic, but like, that's why I love Marina and Lana so much because they were like, sort of like the older sister figure I needed, I guess. Yeah. And it's mostly, I don't know. It was funny because that's when I, when I was telling you like, they, yeah, they were like in their mid twenties talking about their teen years. That was like really helpful to me because I was going through my teen years with no one to really tell me what was going to happen. So, yeah, and I think it was like like that for a lot of girls, I guess, totally. regardless if they were like only children or not. I mean, I have a sister, but my sister is younger than me. So, I mean, that was the, you know, I was the first one to go through it. And I think, yeah, for me, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, in a way, like, and I wasn't particularly close with my mom either. But it's like, I was, yeah, really looking up to them in a, in a sense that to like, yeah, like guide me and tell me how I should be. Exactly. Those. And I mean, being a teen girl, I mean, teenage years are hard for everyone, but being a teen girl, <laughs> like it's part of, you know. The Cecilia is one thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I mean, it's part of the intro. I don't know if you've ever listened to like the intro for this podcast, but it's like, it literally begins with like, doctor, you've never been a 13 year old girl because I think it's like the quote that literally epitomizes the whole Tumblr experience and it epitomizes like just being a teen girl where it's like, you know, when you're 13 and you're a girl, there's nothing that compares to that amount of pain and discomfort and stuff. And, you know, you might be going through worse things later on in your life, but it's like, you never quite feel that awful. As intensely, exactly. Yeah. yeah everything's like, new and very intense. Yeah. Um, and everything, everything is just so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Take will be psyops, who knows? I mean, it will be useful to have like a herd of like young women like ready to yeah. <laughs> I know do whatever. <laughs> In the case of like Lana fans, you know. But I mean it doesn't matter at the end at the end of the day because even if they're, you know, I mean, pretty much everything is a psyop number now nowadays anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like they might not even be aware of it themselves, you know, but everything is a psyop of sorts. But it's like it doesn't matter because they, you know, they allowed they allow teen girls to indulge in their own self-pity and their own misery in a way that was romantic and beautiful enough for it to be memorable and for it to be for it to be beautiful and aesthetic. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Exactly. Like you, you wouldn't care about it if it was just like a regular old, like misery. Like that's why the Virgin Suicides was, was such a, I don't know how to say it, like a groundbreaking thing because it really like shaped the whole girlhood experience for the coming years that's the word girlhood girlhood is really something that was really new at the time really really new like if you think about like the movies for teens in the 80s they were all about like the teen boy being a hero like not in a feminist way I'm not saying this in a feminist way but like like maybe 16 candles but it was still not like I don't know. I don't see 16 candles and relate to 
the girl. I mean, she was yeah. kind of, I don't know. But up until, I mean, that's why Sofia Coppola is like um, a patron saint of sorts for girls, you know? Yeah. She really tapped into what being a girl was about and felt like and looked like or how you wanted to look like at the end of the day. Totally. And Lana and Marina shaped that for us in the 2010s, right? In the early 2010s, they were the people who told us, you know, they reminded us of all those beautiful aesthetic things that we should aspire to. And they provided a framework of sorts that allowed girls to view our experiences in that way. So... Yeah, exactly, you know? because we were coming up like the stupor of Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and Kesha, which was really like strident and not like intimate enough or like, yeah. yeah, totally. It was way too performative for it to be relatable. And they allowed they allowed us to view our experiences in a more romantic light. So, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter where they ended up and it doesn't matter what they ended up doing. It just matters that they gave that to us and that's good enough yeah it's like that ending monologue of the virgin suicides when they say it doesn't matter that they were girls it mattered that we have loved them you know like yeah it's really that sort of thing yeah yeah it just matters that we love them and it felt like they loved us back <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, you're so right. This is so lame. <laughs> yeah, it just ends in a very corny note. But like, you know, it's ultimately, ultimately this podcast is like a love letter to girls, like not in a feminist yeah. way, but like in a very like, you know, we're in a very self-hating way, honestly. But it's like, it's a <laughs> to girls and it's a love letter to all it means to be a girl and all it means to be a girl online. <laughs>